Hello, thank you for listening to this podcast. My name's Stephen Cook, and this is a talk based on Jesus's very practical instructions about how to resolve a conflict in Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 15. When human beings live together, work together, or belong to the same organisation, conflicts will happen. People have different personalities. They jockey for position. They project things onto each other. They see each other as threats, or sometimes they just plain don't like each other. If you've got a bunch of people who are all really getting on really well and there's never a problem, it's probably because they've chosen each other and frozen out or excluded the people they don't like. Conflict is normal. It can even be healthy and creative if it's dealt with in the right way. Consequently, a whole body of literature has built up around conflict resolution. You can go on courses on the subject. Indeed, I have. One of the first things you learn is that the worst thing you can do with conflict is ignore it and hope it will go away. This is our default position. I have to say, as someone who isn't very confrontational and who wishes everyone would just get on with each other, it's my default position as well. Ignoring the problem means that it becomes embedded. There are things that can't be said. There are people who have to tread carefully around each other. There can be factions that start to gather around one side or the other. There are alternative narratives about what has happened in the past that are told. Sometimes it even gets to the point where no one can remember what the original dispute was about, but the effects are there still. Every church knows this. Everyone, not just vicars, who has ever been in a position of responsibility in a church knows it. The early church knew it, and that was why Matthew records these words of Jesus as he gave a pattern for conflict resolution. And there are four stages. Number one, talk to the person who has offended you. Most conflicts can be resolved at this stage if they are caught early, when there is the first perceived slight, when offence is caused or taken, when someone lets you down or shuts you out. If it's dealt with early and in person, not only can conflict be avoided, but friendships can be formed. I can think of times when my relationship with someone else was moved onto a whole new level when a conflict was addressed. So if someone does something which offends you, tell them. If you feel angry, it's best to wait until you're in control of yourself and you can say, when you did this, I felt. It's important for it to be an adult to adult conversation. You're not talking down to them and telling them off. You're not talking up to them. You are two human beings resolving an issue which neither of you wants to be a problem. And just a little aside here, emails did not exist in Jesus's time, but if they had, I feel certain he would have not advocated emailing the person who offended you. I will say from long and painful experience in an area where I've made mistakes myself, emails are terrible when it comes to conflict resolution. Emails are good for exchanging information, arranging meetings, etc. But angry emails never achieve anything. And the same goes for Facebook posts or even the old-fashioned letter. If someone has offended you, speak to them. At the very least on the phone, but if at all possible, face to face. They will respect you for it. And the matter is far, far more likely to be resolved. If that doesn't work, 
we move to stage two. Take some people with you. This stage is sometimes called arbitration. Two people may not be able to see eye to eye because they're so wrapped up in their own version of events and only able to understand things from their own perspective. A third party may be able to interpret what's going on, to hold up a mirror to each side so they can understand how they're coming across and maybe identify a way in which both can feel they've been heard. Being an arbitrator is a skill you can learn and some people do it for a living. But we all know there are some people who just have this as a gift. And that may be you. And if it is, it's something you bring into the church fellowship. If you're aware of attention, perhaps you can do something to resolve it. Blessed are the peacemakers, said Jesus, for they shall be called the children of God. But in any case, if stage one doesn't work, you've talked to the person and they've refused to engage or they've doubled down on their position, you shouldn't ignore it. You should try stage two. Insist on arbitration. I've seen stage one in operation many times and I've known stage two happen quite a few times. And I would say that if it's done carefully and sensitively, 95% of conflicts can be resolved in this way. But there is a stage three. If you've tried stage one and stage two and neither have worked, then the matter needs to be put before the church. The church body, in the case of the C of E, the PCC, needs to acknowledge that there is a dispute between two of its members and rule on the matter. Rather than just ignoring it because it's too difficult, the matter should be discussed and a decision made about a way forward. Let's take a trivial thing which I've actually known happen. Suppose there is a dispute about what sort of coffee should be served after church. One person thinks it should be fair trade and another thinks that that's all a lot of nonsense and Nescafe is perfectly good and cheaper. They've talked and failed to agree. The person organising the rotor has been called in and there's still no agreement. What are we going to do? We could say we'll have different coffee according to who's serving it and I've actually known that happen. Or the PCC can listen to both sides and make a decision. This is what we're going to do. Too often, conflict is ignored because we don't want to upset people. It doesn't work. People are still upset. In my experience, people will usually accept a decision, even if they don't agree with it, as long as they feel they have been heard. But finally, there is a step four. If one-to-one -one has failed, if arbitration has failed, if the church has come to a decision and one of the parties won't accept it, then there comes a point when the person has to be told that this is a condition of belonging. You don't want to exclude anyone. You don't want anyone to feel unwanted or shut out. But there are some behaviours that can't be tolerated. And where someone is being divisive or abusive or behaving in a way which can't be resolved, then there comes a point where they have to be told that there isn't a place for them here. And even at this point, you hope that they may see the error of their ways, that perhaps a time outside the fellowship may help them to see things in perspective. But even if that doesn't happen, you have done what you can to resolve the matter. And now it's up to them. Jesus ends this passage by saying, Truly I tell you, 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. So three things from that. God has given us, as the church, authority to resolve these matters. Agreement matters. Unresolved disagreement matters. Agreement is empowering. Disagreement is disabling. Where two or three gather, we often quote that to remind ourselves that all our meetings with each other are also meetings with God, who is there with us. But I noticed for the first time this week that he says it in the context of resolving conflict. When you get together to try to deal with difficult issues that have arisen, I am there with you. So take courage. Conflicts can be resolved and Jesus lays out this very practical pattern for doing so. The worst thing you can do is ignore it and hope it goes away. So talk to the person who has offended you. Seek arbitration. Ask the church for a decision. If all that fails, it may be time for a parting of the ways. God entrusts us with the authority to do this. Agreement matters. God is with us as we seek to work it out. May God bless us as we seek to live by this teaching. Amen.